I just don't get to spend the quality time that I, I want to. So we invited you. you on here tonight for Sasha to tell you how he really feels. Can we have a hug? <laughs> <laughs> Sasha, Sasha has a lot he wants to say. He doesn't really know where to begin. You blow my mind back, sir. <laughs> That's for you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. I feel better now. Someone uh, loves you in this world. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> really, what I want to see is a stripper pole in here and you dancing on it. <laughs> I think we need the song Pour Some Sugar on Me. <laughs> That's the best song in the face of the planet. I just bought a Def Leppard t-shirt about today, by the way, just so you know. Nice. They're like the only band that should have ever been invented. <laughs> And welcome back to OU Radio. I'm Johnny McKeon. With me in studio, as always, Sasha Bloom. On our third mic, we got Brittany Murphy. Uh, I'm going to say Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy. <laughs> I was Brittany Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. Yes. I'm going by Brittany Banker That's kind of weird because she's dead. I know, right? <laughs> like, I'm not a necrophiliac, right? <laughs> that fourth voice you're hearing is Shane from Rock 106.7. Yeah. How's it going, Shane? He's going good. How about you? Uh, doing better now that, you know, you're in the studio. He's Man. a sexy goddess, right? I, I'm a little intimidated. The only thing that sucks is I actually have to slouch to use this mic. I'm, this is terrible. Yeah, you can put it closer yeah. to your mouth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? I can't deep throat the thing. It's too big. <laughs> I want to see you do yours now. <laughs> Johnny, I've learned from Johnny. I can do the whole Let's watch it. I'm good. I'm good. He's embarrassed. He gets shot. I got allergies. My throat's sore. From last night. (laughs) So, most of you probably know you work on the Rock 1067 show with Hooker and Brooke and DB. Well, I show up, I don't actually do anything. You're such a liar. You're such a modest boy. No, I really, I don't really. I I have a couch in there and I sit on it. Sometimes I lay down on it. And when I'm tired of doing that, I go into the other studio where there's another couch and I sit on it. <laughs> Seriously. So you're That's the bench warmer of the yeah, morning show. Pretty much, yeah. I'm the behind like the that. scenes guy. Yeah. 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 Water boy? Well, Coffee guy? He's a little bit smarter than me, but yeah. Yeah. And then you got a morning show on the weekends, right? At Rock 106.7? Yeah. yeah. How do you like doing that? It's fun. How do you like doing this? It's fucking awesome. Yeah. And like I was walking around a couple days ago and somebody actually knew who I was. Really? Yeah, they actually knew who I was. It was weird. Were yeah. you freaked out? You were freaked yeah, out? Yeah, I was freaked out. I'm like, why are you up at that time in the morning? <laughs> what bathroom stall On that stall particular day. <laughs> I'm like, this is weird. But he also knew all the weirdness about all the other jocks in the same channel. So apparently that's all he does. He dedicates his life to this. Did you give him a hug? No, and but I did give him a little... I touched my hand on his bottom, and I just let it sit there a little uncomfortably too long. That's nice. There you go. Left him something to remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Feel, That's a feel. real moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so I that, hand-hugged his bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so you were surprised to be recognized in public. Like, you, you're a big guy. I mean, like, how, how tall are you? 6'5". Six 6'5". Five. Six five. Holy God. Did you used to play ball? No. I'm terrible at sports. He's white. Really? <laughs> terrible. Yeah, you can't see this. No, it's terrible. It really is terrible how, how bad I am at sports. Is that, that doesn't what, mean I don't like playing them. Is that what got you into music then? Because it's usually one side or the yeah. other. Like, the smart kids go into music, the dumb, mouth-drooling, 
muscle heads go into sport. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, I played sports. Like, you're, I'm like I said, right, that's, why you're you're that's why you have a towel right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> so what kind of music do you play? Everything. You name it. If it's music. I have this belief that all artists have... There's two kinds of music. There's good and bad, and most artists have one or the other, right? Yeah. I mean, don't you know some artists that you're like, man, they had that one good song, and the rest are shit. Yeah, right? Def Leppard's a perfect yeah. example. Except for Def Leppard, all their <laughs> songs are great. <laughs> you know? And then there's other artists that, like some of the country artists, like Kenny Chesney, he's a little faggot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say fag. <laughs> you specifically told me not to say that, so I didn't say that. You did a good job, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Found his way around the system. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> See? <laughs> so have you always worked on rock stations, or where, where, where'd you get your start? I started out, don't laugh, when I was 16, I started out as an announcer for a monster truck show. And I traveled around the United States and... At 16? Yeah. Why would we laugh, though? Because it's nerdy. It's like being a circus freak. <laughs> but it's, you travel you know what the I'm world, saying? though. No, not the world. I didn't do that till later. Like from Nashville to Memphis, right? Somewhere in the south? Well, I lived in Nashville for a couple of years, yeah. Anyway, so that's how I got into it. Was I did was an announcer for a monster truck show. When I got back, I started doing news on the AM station in my small town. And, you know, just from there, it went on. So. Mm. That must have been nice, kind of knowing what you wanted to get into at as, as a young man. Because at 16, I certainly had no career path that I wanted to do. It's kind of weird. When it bites you, it bites you. Yeah. Yeah. You just knew. Yeah. Yeah. So why did you even take that first job as an announcer? Wouldn't you? Oh, I, I would. <laughs> I would. See? But for a lot of people, they don't, that are getting into news or broadcast or anything, they're so focused on, okay, I want to do this. I just want to be a reporter. No, take a job as a producer, take a job as this, yeah. get mm. in the door. Well, if you're going to do something, do anything Yeah. in that genre or that area that you're in, right? Yeah. So wait, were you really into monster trucks? Was that like an easy transition? No, they just happened to pop up. It has nothing to do with one thing or the other. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so what was that first day like? You just had to like just announce it? Just... They gave me a bunch of scripts and I actually had to memorize them like three or four months before we left. Oh, wow. And then, you know. You like being a PA? Because it seems like a stressful job. Like, you can't sneeze, you can't cough. There's thousands and thousands of people listening to you. You kind of have to... Did you play music with that, too, or... No, it was just... just well, we, see, back... This is back when we had to use tapes, mm. you know? So, yeah, I did a little bit of an intro, but it was... For the most part, it was just me and a microphone, and they, you learn how to work a crowd. You have to do that. Like, these guys who are DJs and nightclubs in big cities and stuff, they think they can work a crowd, but they're also got music to their... To their in their arsenal, you mm. know. So when you're sitting out in front of thirty thousand people or so, you have to get the audience excited, and then you have to bring them down. You have to bring them back up, and it's just you and nothing else. So you learn how to actually work, really work a crowd. Was your first time super intimidating? Of course. Yeah. And what's weird is you would think it's super intimidating in th front of like thirty thousand people. The uh, the worst ones were the little small ones, like five hundred mm. people. Because you're like, you can see the whites of their eyes and they're just staring at you. <laughs> you can see just big, just collections of people that are just not having a good time. Yeah, it was pretty awkward. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I've had to do 
some event work at like Maverick Games, and yeah, yeah sometimes things don't go over well. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. And then sometimes I remember I was in front of a crowd of like the most I've ever been in front of was seven thousand, and it was a president's it's still Day. pretty big. Yeah, it was. It was, and it felt, but yeah. I felt. Really calm. I don't know what it was. Maybe I just fed off the there's energy. Like a, there's a weird separation almost between you because there's so many people. It's like your brain just shuts it off or something. Yeah. And then like when you just like you said, you feed off the energy. So you just keep going because if you get a small handful of people doing something, it's still a thousand people. Yeah. And then you feed off their energy, which creates more energy for everybody else. And pretty soon it's just... It's going nuts. It's deafening. Yeah. It's so loud. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, but then like I, I learned how to like kind of spot people in the crowd and stuff. Like I'll see people that I've interacted with earlier and I'll point them out and yeah. do stuff like that. It's called fucking with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty fun. Yeah. Did you ever call out like drunks and stuff when they were at the like monster races or like what? No, not really. Did you have like binoculars? How did you see like the Well, it depends on where you're at. You yeah. know, like I was at the Iowa State Fair doing a show and uh like the people were just so far away that there's no way possible anywhere on the planet you could see anybody. And then you get to Podunk, Montana, and you know, you could almost reach out and touch them. So it's wow. How'd you compensate for the crowd being further away? Did you just do your job or did you try to inject more personality? Do you even remember? I really don't remember. I do yeah. remember that particular event because Garth Brooks was getting ready to do a show like oh. at the same time I was doing it. So oh. it was kind of like this big deal. It was a huge deal. It yeah. Just, in the land of corn, Iowa, you know, there's nothing but rednecks. And so there were tons of people there waiting for Garth Brooks to start. And so I'm out there by myself, <laughs> little tiny guy, you know. Describe that pressure. What's it like? It was just weird. Like Mero saying that there's a huge separation between mm -hmm. you and the crowd. Yeah. It's like I was there and even though they could hear me, it was this weird. Well, you've been in places that are pretty big, and then you you say something, and it takes three seconds for it to get back to you because yeah. it's so big. You yeah. Know? So you just you have to focus on only yourself and what you're doing. And uh, oh, it's just I mean, you've been there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There, there's. I mean, the we've delay. all been there, right? Yeah. yeah. We've all been in front of <laughs> thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha, you're on the floor all the time at Pac-12 games. Like you're not in front in front of people, but you're there. Like if you fall, everyone sees you. Yeah, that yeah. is true. But like, is it, it's weird, though. Even if you're not working the crowd, just being there, all the people, just you can feel the energy, and it's pretty awesome, isn't it? It's overwhelming, especially, like, with really big games. Like, I still get those nervous things. Like, when Big Fox comes in and we do a show, it's like, yeah, I'm going to be super nervous because I don't want to injure a player. I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want to fall. I don't want to rat nest. Like, you know, it kind of sucks. But I think that's part of the draw of the job, you know, because— yeah, it's pretty easy for us. We're not getting hit by a bunch of 270-pound men, you know? What if they were 270-pound women? There we go. Yes. <laughs> Sign me up, coach. <laughs> I'll drop 30 pounds. <laughs> so, so you went to TV after that? Is that what you said? What did I do? I didn't do TV. Or the news? What? He should do TV. He should be... No, Doing. because everybody else is shorter than me, and they would have, it'd be just weird. Yeah, but that happens in football. We have boxes for yeah. you. Yeah, Apple you stand boxes. On a box. yeah. I stand on one. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. yeah. Well, you we need a phone a book right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you look cute down there. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Isn't he a kind boy? He's kissing you on the microphone. I love you. I love you. <laughs> now, what are we doing after this? Gonna go have a drink. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Just us two, right? These two idiots aren't coming. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so, so what got you into radio then? How'd you, how'd you end up on, on Rock 106.7? Well, it's just, you know, big, long story. You know, I never actually stayed in radio constantly for the last, you know, however many, I don't want to say how old I am, but for the many years that I've, off and on I did it. So I, I started there on doing the news at the AM station. Eventually they put me on the FM station. And then I moved here to Salt Lake City and I was actually on a country station. It was KWJJ. And then I moved to Nashville because I was doing the music thing. You know, I did stuff there and I ended up in Phoenix and then I was on uh, the one down there, KMLE. <laughs> I can't remember, you know, you have to what yeah. you forget. And then so I was on KMLE down there for a short time and then um, I came up here and it draws you in, doesn't I, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just yeah. Like when you're out of it, were you missing it? Were you like, man, I should go back into radio? Like No. No. It's weird. I mean I like I like it. I enjoy it. I love it. I'm glad I'm here. It's just I never I don't know, for some reason I was doing other things. I never really thought about it. You're a really good audio engineer. You're very good on a board. You're very good at navigating through errors that happen with, you know, music. And so are you. Oh, thank you, sir. You guys are cute. I dream about you. You have no idea. It's disgusting. It's really, <laughs> it's perverted the relationship that he and I have. But we've never hung out outside of the station, so that's kind of cool too. Well, we're hanging out now. Yeah, in the station. station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a really dumb question, but I don't work in radio, so I don't know. What are the? Are there any differences between working at an AM station versus an FM station? No, not that I'm aware of. It's different frequencies. That's all. Oh, so it's and the fact that nobody listens to AM anymore. So it's see that's so I only listen to AM mostly unless I have someone yeah, look in the at car. You. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's good, I guess, if you get used to that channel because you know somewhere down the road you're going to be out in the sticks and you're not going to be able to get an FM signal. So that's good. Or if there's a natural disaster, all of our emergency broadcast, even ABC, is tied into yep. the AM signal mm -hmm. because it's even in a terrorist attack, it's almost virtually impossible to bounce it off air. So when The Walking Dead happens, yeah, tune into the we AM. know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> tune into 90.1. <laughs> Have you ever thought about pirate radio or going into podcasting or anything like that? Yeah, but I, you know, like I was telling you the other day, I, I didn't really know a whole lot about it. It yeah. seems weird, but I really don't. So. so that's one of the really cool things you get to do with Hooker is Hooker, not only is he a good DJ, but he's one of the most talented broadcasters in Utah. Like yeah. the guy is an audiophile. He knows everything about books, about how to prep a show, how to use the clock, how to gain the maximum efficiency on audiences. Like he really, even though he's a DJ, he he's as good as a GM or producer director that you would ever find. That's got to be really special that he's kind of taking you under his wing. Yeah, he's really good. He's, he, you can learn a lot from a guy mm. like that, you know. Do you have to be humble to put yourself in that kind of apprenticeship type role, especially as an older guy? Of you, course, because if you come in swinging your dick around, they're not going to like it. You know, some you people might. might. Yeah, Brittany will. Well, okay, if I did, if I did, they just point and laugh and say, "That's so cute." <laughs> and you can't swing mine around. <laughs> All I can do is drop trowel, and that's it. And it just sticks straight out. You can't throw it on your shoulder? I wish. <laughs> he wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be making lots of money somewhere. So what are the dynamics of walking into a morning show? Because I've sat in there with Hooker before years ago, mm -hmm. and it's a very it's not an intimidating place, but it's a place like, oh, I probably shouldn't talk. I probably shouldn't do this unless you're called on. Did you have that issue too? 
Do you do you still well, yeah, you that? always have when you go in you always have to be aware of what's going on in the room. Yeah. And don't overstep your bounds because mm-hmm. until you know what those bounds are, it's just like anything else, you know, you don't really want to overstep that. No, I kind of wish Wayne were here also because he's having that struggle kind of being the third mic for the Frankie and Jess show. Yeah. Is where, you know, we talk all the time off air and I think we've brought it up here is he doesn't know how long he can talk. He's not sure. You know, he hasn't built that chemistry. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. It really does. And you have to get to know the other people in the room. It doesn't happen in a week. Mm. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, it takes a long time. So when you find your little groove and then you know what's going on, it's a lot better. How do you deal with your ego or humility? Because one of the toughest things coming into a new building and not... Because I think everyone's here. I think there's a difference between ego and confidence. Mm-hmm. And then your humility, you have to just be humble no matter what. You can't, you know, you know, you know, you can't go in and say, "Well, this is how wonderful I am," and start telling people what to do, and because it's, they'll kick you out quicker than anything else. Mm. It's a fine line. Yeah. So it's one thing to walk in, be humble. When you see something, say, "I know how to do that. Let me show you," just to prove it. But other than that. But that's a fine line to walk to because, you know, you want to put yourself out there and, you know, because this is a personality driven business, yeah. you know, so it's like, how do you make your mark, but, you know, still find the, that, that right chemistry and angle to get into it. Once you do get into it, I think it's important to, like I said, make sure everybody knows what you can do, but there's a lot of times when you just have to bite your tongue, it's just, you know, it is a fine line. You're right. Yeah. One of the things that I've personally struggled with is like, is paying my dues and you have to pay them over and over again. So like and over and over and over. over. How do you deal with that? Cause it, you know, you're a learned guy in audio and in audio engineering from other States, other markets, and you come here and it's almost like you've got to start over. If I were to go to Broadway tomorrow or to Cumulus, I'd probably have to kind of start over. I'd probably be a year ahead, but I'd still have to start over. Unless you're just so big that everybody knows hey. who you are. Hey. <laughs> and you know, it's like if you've already been, made a name for yourself and they come to you, yeah. which doesn't happen that often, you're always going to have to start over and prove what you can do. One of my earliest times here at iHeart, and I think we've kind of talked about it. And plus, over- I'm not, and I'm not saying I know so much. Don't take this no, wrong. No, 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 no. I don't think I can come in here and run the building. That's no. by no means. So no. it doesn't matter where you go. You're still going to have to to learn. So, so to get where I was going is the early part of my career here, I wouldn't call it a career, but at my job here, I was kind of really unhappy because I hadn't found my place. I didn't have anyone saying, oh my God, we want you to go on. Like there was no mention of me ever going on air. There was no mention of me becoming a producer or being a board op or anything, even though I had just spent years of my life creating one of the best college radio shows west of the Mississippi with Johnny McKeon. You know, we had built the time, we'd done the time, we'd done the homework, we'd done the labor. And we were watching all these other people kind of take off. And I come to the biggest radio station in Utah and it's like, there's nowhere for me. These guys don't care about me. Like I really had to spend that time and put the effort in. And I was talking to Hooker once and I was just, he was just kind of letting me get the frustration out, you know? And he goes, one thing you need to understand with a company as big as iHeartRadio, iHeartMedia, and it's the same for ABC broadcast. The national thing is, they don't really care about you unless they're paying you big money and you're selling major advertising time. And he goes, up until you get to that point, if you get that point, you've just got to work your ass off and you've got to be polite and you've got to be humble and you've got to volunteer to do anything and never turn down any opportunity because you never know where it leads. 
And I think you've done a really good job with that. Like I, we, I've talked about it be off this show is it's one of the things I really admire about you is how willing you are to allow yourself to be patient because it's nearly impossible, especially for men. Sometimes it gets a little frustrating, but what's it going to do to get frustrated? What good is it? Mm. I mean, think about it. So you get mad or frustrated or upset or have your feelings hurt or whatever. Does it actually do any good? No, of course not. It, it drags your day down and right. it ruins your so afternoon. All you can or you. do is just yeah. keep going. Well, plus, you don't need that kind of energy, especially you know, like you know, we got to be on air, we got to be talking. Like you can't be, you can't let it get to you, man. Like you can't. Like I feel that way all the time. Like you know, on my end, you know, like I work a lot too, and, and it, you have to do a lot of things, and you have to be humble, and you have to pay your dues, and but you can't let that affect your performance. Also, you know, it's like I have two jobs. You know, like balancing this, like it's tricky. But where do you find that balance? Because yeah. you owe it, you do want to tell people, hey, I know what I'm doing here. I'm good. Chill out. But then on the other hand, you do have to be humble. You do have to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to let you do you right now. I'm going to take this one and just walk away. It's just, it's confusing. And I, I really do admire your ability to reason through all the madness and egos and the 20 chiefs in a room because you do it, you do it well. And then there a lot are of a lot of chiefs here. I've noticed that for sure. In media anywhere. You yeah. Know? It's become the trend now. Yeah. I mean, it's in TV Brit. It'd be like, you have stage directors that say you're the boss. They're the boss. Then you have the lead camera guy that says he's your boss. And then you have your director that's your boss, the TD, the general Everyone manager. just wants to be the boss. Yeah. 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 It's a weird cycle. And then you just admit that you're the bacteria on the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> and just listen I understand where my place is thank you sir may I have some more please yeah but how long do you do that for as long as it takes because mm. one thing I've noticed is that especially in this town there's a lot of movement between buildings yeah and one building won't get employee A the opportunity but the next building will give that employee an opportunity but then they won't let that employee move up then his old company hires him and he moves up and so you're going up this pyramid through a multiple levels of companies. I think it's bizarre. Because if I were in charge of this building, I would have a very prominent place for Shane Murphy. That's why you ain't in charge. That's right. Because <laughs> who knows what would happen if that was the case. <laughs> I just look at it like, you know, I can learn something from everybody. So as long as I'm continually learning more and eventually move up, then we're good. Well, and that's something I struggle with on a daily basis. And... I've just said to myself, you know what? At the end of the day, say whatever you want. I'm just going to listen. I'm going to go to my desk and I'm going to just cuss cuss you out in my <laughs> head and it's good, you know? I'm walking away. It's just and then, whatever. But see, as soon as you get the opportunity to show yourself off, then do it. Yeah, exactly. so your work will speak for itself. But you don't need to do it every single day. No. But you're right, your work will speak for itself cuz holy cow, look how good she did, you know? And then but you got to be careful. Don't get good at anything you don't like to do. Because it will become your job. That's, really? That's the problem. Has that happened to that's you? That's just life. That's the way yeah. it goes. <laughs> Don't tell your mom you're good at doing dishes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just like, two, you become great at something that you don't want to do because you're doing it. And then it's just like, you have to do it, too, because you need a job. Yep. So you're kind of screwed either way just look at the stuff that you want to do and treat it as a hobby you got your job that you really do and then you got the stuff that you want to do and you keep getting better at it and when you have the opportunity see you let it shine <laughs> <laughs> so a genie shows up in front of you shane 
and says, you can be a full-time on-air DJ radio personality to 240 markets every day, or you can be a guitarist, drummer, singer in a metal band. Rock star. Hair metal. Makeup that's a good, that's a good question. That's a good question because I really enjoy the radio thing. And I think that, I don't know, it's hard because the thing about being a, a musician is you're, you could be real irrelevant tomorrow. You might have, of course, I'd be okay with being a one-hit wonder right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, trust me, I really would. But at least in radio, if you do a good job and keep going and keep going, you probably have a little bit more of a chance of having longevity, I think. But why can't you do both? I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yell at me. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> because nowadays, I think it's it's not, I don't want to say easier, but I think it's more acceptable for you to do more than one thing now. Yeah. It seems to be kind of the industry. Like It yeah. seems to be like no one can be just good at one thing now. You have to be good at like three, four things. It's that five-tool mm -hmm. journalism thing we were talking about. Exactly. And I think it extends to media because now if you want to have a boy band – you have to, before someone's going to well, see you, you mean, now. How are you going to have the boy band? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you plotting boy bands? Wait, is this stuff you Google? <laughs> Just curious. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> Ask away. <laughs> is this something you thought about last night? No. Years ago, my In friend. How do you, what about the boy band? <laughs> I want to know about your boy band. Yeah, come on, Sasha. You started Continue. boy band. I'd have you as my front man, Shane. Sweet. Yeah. I'd have to work out. But, you know, I, we'd have matching outfits. We'd have matching haircuts. We would all have braces and glasses before we went famous. We'd all look alike. We'd all shave our arms or shave our legs. It'd be hot. It would be hot. Yeah. Could we wear a bow? Yeah. Where? On our dingling. Yeah. <laughs> we can put a matching bow on, on our dingling. Head, That's their number one hit. <laughs> <laughs> Bow on a dingling. I gotta hear this song. Somebody start singing. My dingling. <laughs> yeah, I got a bow on my dingling. On like, <laughs> my dingling. It's like dick my in a dingling. box. Yeah. Everybody's singing it. Goes viral See, on YouTube. It could work. <laughs> we'd have to start a new Motown to get that going. I don't know if it'd work now. Well, we couldn't. We'd have to come up with a good name for ourselves because it couldn't be the. You know, like they've got cool ones like the platters. Yeah. Right? Shane and the beefcakes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Except it wouldn't be a boy band, it'd be a man band. A man. <laughs> you all ride synchronized Harleys on yeah. stage. Yeah. Yeah. No, you guys are onto something. I don't think that's been done. I bet there's a market for that. Yeah. Like Magic Mike at the whole time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you dance? Of course. Have you ever stripped? No, not mm. outside the house. <laughs> I saw a well, video of washing the uh, Alt 1067 car. No, the, the Rock 107. Oh, Rock 107. Yeah. Oh, when I was washing the window? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I like the way you washed that window. I washed it. <laughs> My windows need washing outside. Yeah. <laughs> For those who want to see it, it's just hot out there, though. I might have to take my shirt off. <laughs> Sasha, as you were saying. Uh, look at Brittany Johnson's Twitter feed or Johnny McKeon's Old Eat Radios because it's up on there. I did tweet it at you, but you know I know you're not. We're not important enough for you to retweet something. So. Well, the, here's the thing: I got off Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that crap for the longest time because I just I, I'm one of those weirdos that I just really don't care for social media. Yeah, I think it's the devil. It's sent from the devil to make the world more evil and to get you fired. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But 
now that I'm doing more with the rock station, I'm trying to pick up on Twitter. So you know what? If you'll tweet it at me again, I'll retweet it. It's still there. It's he still doesn't there. have to tweet it again. How do I find it? <laughs> go on your notifications. Do I have to go you down there? You sound like my mom. <laughs> do I have to go and find it? I mean, is it like a thousand pages down? Well, it depends on how many No, it's, well, yeah, it depends. Dude, my mom just signed up for Twitter. She's going to start following me. I feel really weird about it. I want her to it's follow okay. all of us. My mom follows me. She follow, follow, yeah, her yeah. Mom follows like, me. Nice yeah. stuff. You're, no, my mom, she'll uh, call me and be like, stop saying those mean things to those people. <laughs> you need to apologize. Say, mom, I'm it's like, my what? life. Yeah, my <laughs> life. Get off my internet feed, mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to go through your DMs right now. She wants to slide up in your DMs. No, no, no. So I want to go through. I want to see what kind of DMs I don't have any. Yes, you do. I'm serious. I don't. I'll let you check. Okay. I don't even have Twitter on my phone. She's already on your phone. She's already on your phone. I don't even have Twitter on my phone. I'm serious. You better be careful. You're going to get caught up. Look, if you do a search for Twitter on my phone. I'm going to see some naked pictures. It does not pop up. I do not have Twitter on my phone. That's what they all say. It's like a secret <laughs> no, I'm serious. Look, I'll go down through the T's. Look. Why are you going so I'm fast? I'm scrolling. So you could, there's different apps here, but do you see Twitter anywhere in the T section? No. no. What's this? Video shop. Video shop. You got videos in there? Like That's his porn file. There's a video. A video. It's airplane. It's got airplanes. <laughs> see, I don't do anything. I just a, use my voice. We need voice. to fix that. Girls, get in his DMs ASAP. <laughs> well, sir... You've got a concert to go to, or you've got to go to band camp, or whatever you're doing. Yeah. But I thank you for joining us. You are a role model to me, an inspiration to me, and you have the dreamiest eyes I've ever seen. You are my role model. That's why I send you pictures of girls. Nice. <laughs> I got to give him some for his spank bank, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so b before we wrap this up, I just got one last question. Uh, do you have any advice for anyone starting out trying to get in this industry or anything like that or going after what they want? The only thing I can say, and it doesn't matter what you do, if you want to do it, just fucking do it. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed days, the dark sacred night. And I think to myself